Welcome y'all to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon. Howdy, 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 all you bush rangers. This is Eric here, and welcome back to the Black Hoof Saloon. And I have with me, who do I have with me? Oh, this is Bush, bush Ranger Tom, ready for duty. <laughs> and this is Brian Powell from Houston. And uh, Bush Rangers, courtesy of our listener, Daniel. That's for all you guys down in Australia, so... <laughs> We we had no clue about that one, and when he uh, in a little message he sent us this past week, I was like, "That's a good one," and and leave it to Tom to twist it a little bit and <laughs> come up with something else. <laughs> um, oh, come on, it, it, that is obviously something else. <laughs> uh, well, like you said a couple minutes ago, we we have a mentality of a thirteen year old. It's gonna happen. <laughs> So we're back again for another episode, and uh, so projects we're working on. Brian's working on stuff today instead of Tom, and it looks like you're working on some buildings, Brian. Working on the house you... where bush rangers hang out quite a bit. <laughs> so bad. Oh my god, you're going to have to put a sign on there. It says, bush rangers welcome. <laughs> um so my projects i've been slowly working on painting i am uh working on stuff for adepticon coming up in about a week and a half uh nakano's been the uh attention getter right now lately Uh, i had to get some more paint for her today so i'm actually almost painting every day and then you look good doing some building uh so yeah they're getting there are you almost painting every day, or are you painting almost every day? I am almost painting every day, right? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> that means you, that means you came real close to painting every day. Okay, I'm painting almost every day. Yes, there you go. Okay. Look at him; he's whipping out that that little badge again, Brian. Today. <laughs> yeah, here he goes again. <laughs> so, Tom, what have you been working on? I stopped working on things, yeah. so sad, sad news. Uh, I'm not going to be able to go Adepticon. Uh, had some expenses, unexpected expenses come up that sapped the uh, Adepticon budget. So I'll be sad panda staying home like Brian. And uh, <laughs> Man, I'm going uh, to be solo. So I said, I said, F it, I'm not painting things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> did you flip the table? You didn't flip the table, did you? I didn't. I just, I just, I just put my head down and cried, <laughs> sobbed myself to sleep on my huge pillow. So yes, Adepticon's coming up at the end of March. Uh, for all you guys that are heading out to it, hopefully I'll get to meet some of you guys. Um, where we're planning on, I know a lot of the guys were online talking about open play and trying to get in some games before the tournament on Saturday. Uh, if you guys are coming, I know there's still spots open 
Tom, Tom dropping now that there's another spot. So, so if you guys were on the fence, jump in and, and play. I know some of you guys were worried about the level of play and getting stuff painted for it. And I know I commented on, on the, the group that, you know, just get three colors on it. We always joke about it, but really just get three colors on it and you're good to go. And don't worry about the competitive, I guess, side of it because it really isn't that competitive. We are all just there to have some fun. So don't don't feel shy about jumping in. Um, but that is in about a week and a half from us recording. So it's coming up soon. I know there's a lot of people still painting. I'm one of them. What else we got? We got... Uh, probably could remind everybody about our story contest reminder coming up. Uh, this will probably be the last time I'm able to remind you guys. So if you guys are planning on writing stuff or are currently writing it, just a reminder, get those in by uh, April 10th for our anniversary episode next month. And we're giving away a War Cradle Saloon to uh, one lucky winner. Uh, when you guys get those stories in, we'll go through them and we'll, the three of us will vote and see which one we like the best. So make sure you guys get those in soon. Uh, just send them to our email. So Brian, I saw you had an event this weekend too. It looked like you uh, basically cleaned off your desk and brought it with you. Um, actually, I didn't. Uh, and that's what uh, it was kind of funny because everyone was like, man, that's a great collection. I was like, that's only like three hands for five different uh, factions because I couldn't bring it all. But I wanted to be able to, if someone showed up and said, hey, I want to demo the union, I had a couple of hands and uh, a couple of faces with each of the bosses that way. If they wanted to, I had something that they could theoretically put together real quick and do a small demo with. And you had all the stat cards with you and everything, too, like that? I did. Okay. And I just set it up on the, the opposite side of the where I was doing demos so people could come up and look and go, oh, these are lawmen, this is outlaws, this union. I had uh, the order, had warrior nation, although they weren't finished painting. painting. Um, and then I had... I went ahead and just grabbed up the dark uh, Wekasansi's Dark Nation posse that I built and based. I just haven't painted yet. Well, I I, then, uh, I thought that was a good idea that, that I thought it was a good idea, Brian, that you had some of the ones that were unpainted there, just so it gave people a, a better idea of what they look like. You know, just just built, you know, before paint, so right. they could see. So when I do open. Right, so when I do open days, I usually bring my box of unmades as well, so they can see them on sprue. So I had I had my box of, you know, I've, I've got, I think I want to say six sprues of hands that I haven't put together yet, and then I have uh, most of my watchers haven't been built, so they're still on sprue. So I have those as examples, so they can actually see see them on sprue, and on the plastic, you know, they'll they'll be able to. Okay. Get a good idea of what it looks like. And then I have some unpainted so they can see what they look like built. So, yeah, I think that way they get a, a, a good idea of what to expect, especially people who are uh, shy on the the build side. Okay. Like they, they're, they're still new to the hobby. Yeah. They can see different steps. Which the way, the way they, they make these anymore, they're so easy to build. I mean, there's still some of the, the old throw-offs that just – kind of go together a little bit goofy, but um, I think they're still pretty easy and intuitive to put together. 
Yeah, and and, and I, I do do appreciate they get the uh, instructions onto the website pretty quick too. So if you are struggling with, you know, which which bebop goes where, they usually have a pretty good, you know, drawing that shows how how the models laid out and yeah. which parts. Uh, sometimes those instructions even sh- say uh, do this first, <laughs> you know, or or it'll interfere. Well, yeah, I know sometimes some of the, depending on the model, the bigger models, sometimes it's easier to leave some of them in pieces just for painting purposes, just because they're so intricate, it's hard to get in there sometimes and paint. Right, like right now, I'm working on uh, Orin and Zane with the order, and Orin has the two uh, capes. And I haven't glued them on yet while I'm painting them up. So I'll, I'll finish his back and then I'll glue those capes because the capes will get in the way. Well, since we mentioned Adepticon and the tournament open play, a lot of people are uh, kind of wrecking their brain about list building and stuff. And kind of to go as a follow up last episode, we're going to today talk about. Uh, things that you might want to think about when you build your posse. So why don't we go ahead and go into our first segment. Today, to follow up our last episode where we were talking about the adventure scenarios and kind of go along with if you go back to our older episode two it was i believe where we first start talking about posse building today we're going to talk about things to think about when you're posse building uh, like abilities or just special abilities that characters would have that you might want to think about when you're building your posses to basically help you get objectives you know technically objective grabbers and i first started talking about like these kind of ideas with parker back at pax and uh he thought this was kind of something that everybody should think about and it's something that i've been wanting to talk to you guys about and we'll just talk about it more on the show is uh we wanted to kind of just list a couple things we had like we wrote down a big list of things that would be more or less a toolbox for your posse that you built that would help you guys get those objectives and score those points in the game. So uh, what do you guys think is one of the most important ones to uh, for objective grabbers when you're building a posse? Well, it's okay. So most important is hard to, to decide because not every faction, faction is going to have access to what some of us would think are most important but some universal important ones is a good place to jump into and uh, that is movement so there are quite a few different ways that movement can aid in your uh obtaining your objectives and it is one of the more universal abilities that every faction has access to so this isn't going to be something that you won't be able to do if you've picked a, a a niche you know posse or faction so one of the first things to consider is quickness. You obviously, uh, if, if objectives, depending on the scenario, and you have to get to an objective that is not, you know, in your deployment zone or close to it, 
you're going to want to get some some fast at least one fast unit on the board uh, a lot of people use vehicles to do this some people have access to fast hands looking at you uh what are the the seeker enlightened seekers you know with the, the wheels you're the enlightened guy eric which which one are those the, 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 the no not no the hands um uh, uh. not the abominations because those are the guys with the little uh, spider legs but uh their counterparts remember what those are called Eric, you're letting us down here, man. <laughs> Dr. Carpathian. Come in, Dr. Carpathian. <laughs> Got nothing coming through over the telegram. Okay. I, I was on mute, too. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to cough. Um, All right, so I'm just going to start over. Here, I'll look it up. I can just edit. Wild West Texas. So, Widowers. I think Seekers is right, Brian. Is it the Seekers? The wheelie ones are Seekers? I believe so. Uh, enlightened. I don't use them that much anymore once I discovered how fun the uh, Widowers are. The Widowers are the Spider-Leg ones. Yeah, those those ones are your shooty guys, and then the wheelie guys are your get-up-in-your-face uh, get yeah, with their blades. Yeah, it's Seekers, so you were right. I was right. Okay, wow. Wow, Brian was right. That never happens. Freaking encyclopedia in there. <laughs> he is like the Wild West Exodus wiki himself. Change the name. <laughs> yeah, I say I call them wheelie guys, so I never remember. Uh, so one of the options would be to get a fast hand unit like the the Seekers with the Enlightened, and one other kind would be vehicles. The light vehicles, most of them have quickness of seven or more, which is going to get you uh, into those objectives a little bit faster when you pick those models also look for rapid as a ability for them and moving target does two things the rapid some of these faster units have rapid which is a free focus move which gives you two more inches so that seven quickness becomes nine gets you a little bit closer uh and also don't forget for uh one fortune or an action point you can dash and a dash adds another up to a d5 yeah move. you get at least five more inches uh by doing right, that that that's a, like a quick way if you're if, if it's get into objectives faster those are some things to consider and all, all based on the concept of movement as as a tool uh some of the other movement tools are you know your factions who have access to portals looking at you dark nation with your hexalis and the hex obviously with hexalith uh, but the uh, Warrior Nation with their totems, this is a fast way for them to move up the board as well. And outside of that, y'all think of any other movement? Uh, well, you got you got Trail for? Finder. A lot of the, the the little dogs have Trail Finder, which the dogs are a nice one because most of the factions, if not all, can can add them as like a support uh, unit in in your posse. And Trail Finder is nice because it's before the turn actually starts, so it gives you a little jump start towards grabbing those objectives. Right. So, so those things are all before. Um, another one that happens at the beginning is uh, your redeployments. So redeployments are, are good. Like, say, after you deploy, your opponent uh, is, I guess, left a, an objective out in the open or uncontested. You can actually redeploy 
to hopefully put yourself in a better position to to capitalize on that on that objective. Yeah, an- another good one that I just thought of, uh, and not a whole lot of units have it, but we're starting to see a couple more is flight. So a unit that has flight, they can take it as a special move action. And that's like doing a movement that's what are most of the flights are like 18 inches, isn't it, Brian? Yeah, flight's 18 inches, and they just added a new, um, a smaller kind of flight with Sky Leap, and it's just not, it's, it's not as long. It's, I think it's nine inches. So those are all little abilities that as you're looking at the units and you're kind of posse building, kind of try to think of speed, and those are just some of the abilities that will get your guys moving across the board fast so what do we got for a next one that we all think is a very important thing to think about when you're building a list well we got card manipulation one of brian's favorites yes that's, oh yeah that's i i think that's really so it's it's not as straightforward and simple as speed but it is very very important it's it's something that you can do that kind of you can plan ahead to to capture those objectives you're getting given some kind of a a buff to either things that you do overall or actually uh an activation you got coming up so you can kind of uh mitigate the card draw or you know give somebody a a buff right so the the one of the neatest things is so helena miller with the infernal investigation she, she has one of the card manipulation uh abilities um, it allows her for two action points to look at the top three cards in either the action deck or the adventure deck, and then she can put them in whatever order you know she she prefers. Uh, this is huge when you are in a like close to the end of the round uh, or the turn, and you really want to make sure you do as much as you can to make sure you get initiative. So you look at the top three cards. And you find one that is really good, and maybe it's a, a four action point, so it's got a really high uh, small number on it attached. Uh, so you plan that one out to be your initiative card. And so I've done that several times, and it's really useful in, in the Badlands scenarios where you do not want you do not want to lose the rift. Uh, movement (laughs) (laughs) you don't want it to wipe out your whole posse yeah you want to be the one that gets to direct which direction that the rift is going (laughs) (laughs) or the eerie shack template because of those pierce board templates yeah yeah let's let's have our bets and make sure we have a good initiative card coming up one of my favorite abilities for card manipulation as of late is uh i've been using nakano a lot in my posse and she has a shrewd strategic strategist, man, I need better light in here, which I think you said, I Brian, Jedrick. Strategist. Has. Yes. Jedrick also has, yeah. Jedrick has it. Uh, I and can't it talk today. It works in good combination <laughs> with Helena's um, as well. So I've, I've actually done several where they both use their ability in the same turn That's to, nasty. Double, to make sure they get some stuff you know, pre-planned. And basically what what that is, is that they can look at the top card of one of the decks and decide if they want to leave it or discard it. In a way, if like you look at the top action card deck and it's one, I don't want that for my next activation. So, you know, you can get rid of it and then 
whoever you activate next. Granted, you still don't know, but it helps. And then, like Brian's saying, if you combine that with another character that can put them, look at more than one, well, you can really, you know. Right. So in, in that, that instance, say Helena used her, her card and it's a one. It, somewhere in that in one, two, and three. Well, then now you know you can put that one where you want it to where you can activate Jedrick and have Jedrick use his power and you just get rid of the one. Get rid of it, yeah. You know, you know it's there and you know that for one for uh for one of Jedrick, you know, action points, you can just get rid of that card. So the other cool thing about uh so for card manipulation is treasure hunter. And we briefly talked about this a little bit off the air. And uh, if you, so, <laughs> so I've been running a list that has guys, more than one person that has this ability. So I'm basically, you're getting extra adventure cards. So you're <laughs> really filling your hand up with options. I, that, yeah. that totally a toolbox right there. When I have more options in my hand of whether it's a plus one action point or, Maybe it's a, a glory where I have more options of, you know, shoot or, you know, punch somebody to death and score a victory point. So I have more options for that kind of stuff. Right. So, you know, uh, Nakano goes and she's really good. And so Treasure Hunter, it, it gives her one more, you know, card that she can turn into action points because she's elite. And she's elite, so, yes. Yeah, so it really, for her, it does a few things. It, it gives you more options tacti- tactically, but then it also allows her at least one more card in the hand that she's going to be able to use as as an elite for more action points. And when she's in hand-to-hand, those extra uh, action points come in very yeah. handy. So that's, so that's another thing Un- you guys can think unintended. about. Unintended. So <laughs> that's that's another thing you guys can think about is look for characters that have elite. So those elite characters, yeah, can use regardless of what the card says in your hand, you can use it as an action point. All right, so I think that kind of covers card manipulation. Was there so some of the card manipulation things are like we mentioned, elite, uh, fortune hunter. There's fate weaver, gambler. Oh, okay, we didn't mention gambler. So gambler's another good one to team up with the peak at the top card. Cause again, it, you don't want that to fail because the fa- uh, gambler allows you to draw another action card, but it has to be larger than the one that you drew. Yeah. So it, it can't be the same number. It has to be a bigger number. So if you're planning on pulling, pulling a card like doc pulls a bad card, if you've already pre-looked at the top three cards, you already know what comes next. You're, yep. you're, you're plan ahead and make sure Doc doesn't get wasted because if he fails, he loses his activation. So. And it's, that's actually something I do with Jesse James a lot. So, like, you flip that number one action point card and he hasn't activated yet, I instantly activate him because the chances of getting something higher than one, I mean, that's pretty high. And then... What's nice about that, so if you do flip the card and it is higher than what you did, well, suddenly he has unlimited, you know, actions that he can take. He has no limit. He has no limit. So you can just go to town with him and his guns and 
uh, you know, just blasting away people. Yeah, so that happened in in the demo that uh, I was doing, and Doc Holliday got a nice little run, and he was churning out his action cards to just keep him going. It was it was pretty good. Luckily, the guy had two two action point cards in his in his guts, uh, so it okay. was very beneficial for yeah. Uh, gambler to trigger when it did because he he was able to you know i think he ended up doing only four actions but it it helped well it's nice too is if you don't have those if you have the adventure card that lets you refill your fortune so many times i'll burn through you know jesse's fortune pretty quick i'll burn through all his action points and i don't have that many plus whatever ones in my in my hand so then I'm kind of forced to spend that card to refill his his fortune and then burn through that real quick again. So it's a lot to burn through very fast, but sometimes you're kind of forced to if you don't have the hand to support that, you know, limitless uh, actions that he can take. We got a third one here. So what do you guys think are our third one? So we covered speed. We covered card manipulation. Tom, you came up with something that we doesn't technically have like an ability name, but it's more of a concept of uh, objective holders and stuff. Right. So this is numbers. Um, whether you have a large unit of hand, of hands or you have some faces or whatever on an objective, uh, as you stack numbers of guys, you are spreading out targets. You are spreading. You're increasing the amount of health that's sitting on that objective. You're just making it harder to clear guys off of the objective. Uh, so, from a holding standpoint, you know, numbers itself is a quality. Yeah, and something to think about when you're you're doing stuff like that. If you're doing support. Uh, or hands look at stuff that may give them tough you know allowing them to maybe re-roll so they can hang around longer and be a nuisance or durables and one you could have uh, one of the things that like a lot of the machines like the dogs and stuff like that they have durables so they're going to ignore piercing right uh, you could also do things like take the hunker down action uh, things that'll just kind of you know, they, they don't need to be offensive powerhouses here. You just want them to annoyingly hang around. Yeah, because many of those objectives um, are you only score points on them if it's uncontested. So if your opponent has guys on there that you just can't get rid of, well, then you can't score points either. So, or whether it's the objective where you got guys in a building. So if you got guys in the building, you know, it's harder to get rid of them the more there are there. Yep. And I mean, that's that's a pretty that kind of goes along with the speed thing. It's 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 a basic concept to think of when you're list building. Um, it's something that I'm not very good when I play my enlightened of doing the number game, and it's something I try to change because you know everybody wants to take the faces because they got all the fancy abilities, but sometimes it's just simple numbers. You you do you just swarm them. Yeah, sometimes you just need some table presence, and you know, if you're bringing you know four or five high-value guys, you just can't cover ground. You can't cover all the objectives, so you know, you start increasing your numbers. You a lot of times increase your options, and that's kind of what happened. Uh, you, Brian, last episode we're talking about when we mentioned uh, the one Badlands scenario. 
where you have guys in the middle and there's everybody on the edges and you said the it was the player that was playing Lincoln's posse with the agents. He just didn't have the number game, so he couldn't cover all the areas well. And it just eventually just he got wore down. Yeah, yeah. By the end of the second round, second turn, it, it, it was the game was over because he just didn't have any other options, and there was no way he would with those the two models he had left to be able to catch up to the the, the number of points that I'd already scored. You know, and again. I brought two treasure hunters along in my posse. I didn't bring any hands units, but uh, just the, I guess the, what I did bring was enough to where the, the survivability was there because I had way more fortune than he did. I had yeah. two extra cards over what he had. And uh, it, 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 it goes against the needing hands, but it was, I was able to move fast with this group that, I took away all his options. and So you, you, know, you kind of more or less built different things into it to get those objectives. Right. So the build was uh, Helena Miller brought, brought Jedrick and Furio. And then on the other, I brought Bass, Bass Reeves brought Nakano Gozen. So I had eight fortune, no, nine fortune <laughs> between those models. And eight fortune. He brought Abe Lincoln and the agent. Right. So it was a thousand point game. My thousand points just had way more playability. You, you know? built in survivability into your group, which is the same idea. I mean, when we said when I when I'm saying numbers, I'm talking about the the difficulty of removing those numbers. Well, you did the right. same, a very similar thing, but you found another way to make them survivable. Right. I I I played in the numbers game and bosses are more survivable. And so with two bosses at that point count, the models, the rest of the models were no low number, but because it was two bosses and the two treasure hunters. Yeah. You had other abilities. I just had other things available and I had lots of plus your card manipulation. And yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of bells and whistles in that in that small group. So that's that's uh, that's Tom's dream posse is all about numbers and speed. So in a way, there you go. There's his objective grabbers. Yes, it is. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm up to six. Yeah. I'm up to six. So you know, keep sending in those those iron horses. Uh, I need six more. <laughs> <laughs> I need six more. <laughs> I get a little. Uh, we need to do a little counter for you. So every time you get one, you just go ding. <laughs> you see ding little... five more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just means Tom's really looking for a a new iron horse, you know, kit uh, kit coming out soon, so he can just buy them buy them all out. Well, I might have to go and revisit that posse a little bit because I also got a. Uh... God, what are they called now? They re- renamed it. it. Used to be the Locust. Um, Iron Eagle. The Iron Eagle. Yeah, Iron oh, Eagle. No. So you know, I got one of those now too. So I might have to rejigger I, I, the list a little bit. If, if you didn't hear my groaning there, I've I've felt the joy of that before. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, go do that, Tom. <laughs> that that might lower my my requirement for number of bikes and. You know, still keep the same theme going there, uh, right. you know, and, and 
God, I need a mounted Custer. <laughs> but I might, I might have to look at what you know what some guys do, have done where they put the regular Custer like hide behind the bike. Yeah, using like, it as bike's, cover. Bike's, bike's been shot down a little bit, using the bike as cover. So, uh, but yeah, that, that Custer, is my dream. This pose, pose lends itself for hiding behind the bike. I think it services well. Well, eventually I'll have to post pictures of my little uh, kit bashing project that I did, but I'm still keeping it secret for <laughs> tournament stuff. So, um, well, is there any like other ideas we want to just quickly mention for uh, when people are list building and things to think about to get those objectives faster or uh, easier uh, in in the game? I mean, we kind of covered some pretty basic ones. So, so just from basic um, tactical things, uh, watch your terrain, watch your your lines of your movement lines. You know, don't go, don't set yourself up so you have to go running through forests or swamps or rivers or anything to get to your objectives if you can help it. <laughs> uh, you know, the easier you can make your movement to get there. Obviously, the faster you can get there, the the more likely you are to grab that objective. Brian, you got anything? Uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, I would recommend everyone just read the scenarios quite a bit, understand what they mean, and that way you you know what you're doing when you build your list, saying, hey, these are the five scenarios at this tournament. You know, you already know Adepticon is going to be using just the standard uh, yeah. uh, scenarios. So pay attention to those standard scenarios so you know you prepare for those scenarios yeah just right? so go over them ask what do i need what do i need in this posse that help me get you know this objective for this scenario or how about this scenario what what would make it easier to get this and deal with my opponent's stuff so uh, i mean many of these things we went over them one by one and there's plenty of other ones out there talked about combining some of them you know speed with numbers or you know, we had card manipulation with just something that uh, survivability. So, you know, you got guys that have tough and durable and stuff like that. So you, you can combine them to basically, as we said, to give yourself a toolbox to give you more options when you're playing. But it's it's something that, you, you know, help think about when you're posse building to not just say, oh, I'm just going to go for the numbers game. Which is it's still viable, but you also got to think about these other ones too. Right, and then have fun playing around with the options. You know, that's that's how I came up with the whole Bass Reeves, and and it was just on a whim that I was just tinkering with my standard posse because I like to bring, you know, Jedrick in twenty twenty and Furio and oh, yeah. uh, you know the whole as many of the infernal investigations as I can. And it dawned on me that there's there's a couple of different options that you can go with, and splitting it up and bringing a second boss uh, really was very beneficial. Although a lot of people are like, "Hey, I want to bring all the Infernal Investigations in a fifteen hundred, and that way I can get prodigious." But I don't know. Yeah, not doing that, bringing bringing Bass Reeves in with with a posse of his own. Just it 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 just gives you so many other options. Yeah, that's list building. Yeah. I mean, same thing. That's how I kind of discovered my most recent list is just playing around and 
You know, I play a right. game with one thing, and I was like, oh, let's see, let's take a look at the units. How about I swap this person for this person, and then play it and see how it how it works. So, um, yeah, see, I think it, I think the next time I play a fifteen hundred, I think it, I'm bringing. Um, I think uh, Marcus Wayward's joining the joining the party. Okay, I'm gonna edit this, but yes, yes, Brian, do that. <laughs> Because yeah, that's what I'm doing in my posse, and it is nasty. <laughs> Can you imagine three treasure hunters and a run posse? Yeah, I yeah. Hey, can I can I ask you guys a question? Because this is something that that, that I've thought about uh, basically since the rules came out. In the section about moving, you know, extra, you know, maximizing your movement. Can you abuse the get in and get out actions, movement actions, a little bit to increase the movement speed of some slow guys? Uh, I think they ruled it on that. Actually, and well, you can't we'll use them in the same round, right? So that so you can't use them in the same round. But if you're going to end your actions right yeah. near a building, you only have to you can if you're within three inches, you can get in on a corner. Right. And then come out three inches on the other corner, and depending on the size of that building, you could really abusively increase your range. I don't think you can do that the same turn. So say, no, no, say you play Lumen yeah. or yeah. slow-moving, enlightened creations, yes, mm-hmm. it's not really abuse, but yeah, depending on the building, especially a saloon, which is mm-hmm. a larger building, uh, that's a pretty good move. I mean, the, the building is what I actually have a really here. Uh, from corner to corner, it's almost eight inches. It just, it, it's a little over ten inches. Okay. Add six to that, so that's yep. sixteen inch move assist yeah. into activation. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it, that's it, yeah, move eight. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like it, it's 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 spread out over two activations, but man, you just gave yourself a big boost. Right. So, so the, the, what, the reason I think that it's still kind of fair is everyone can do it, one. But uh, because it's over two rounds, it's a huge commitment when you consider that uh, you're only playing five rounds. Oh, well, sure. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. a, a large portion of your, your, your time in the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's – I'm talking about, you know – we were talking about covering ground to get to an objective. Sometimes you're not doing anything else, yeah. <laughs> except except but trying to are, get there. So there are some models like those slow moving enlightened models? They spend half the game just trying to get into combat, and they may only get one one turn actually in combat. Sure, and all, all of a sudden you add an almost you know 15 to 16 inch movement boost onto that. That seems pretty significant. Right. And, and that's why also portals lend to that as well. Uh, that's why, I, you know, the hopefully in, in the next, you know, update, we can see some equalization on the portals. Because right now there are two, two factions who have a huge portal boost compared to all the other portal factions because they have portals on the board from the beginning of the, of the game which allows them to not be forced to take two turns to get those portals out. Right. 
Okay, I got to finish off the segment. <laughs> we started chit-chatting, got off the rails. Well, no, it, it was tangentially, uh, tangentially uh, related. <laughs> oh, okay, so just you guys keep in mind, uh, have fun, posse building, and just kind of go over all those different abilities and lay them out and see what works well together and uh like i said happy list building and we'll go ahead and move on okay see that was easy (laughs) ah nice well now guys it's been a while since we've had guests in the saloon so today in this segment uh, i'm gonna do something a little bit different and i'm getting together with some of my local community in the chicago land some of the wild west exodus players that i play with locally and we're gonna sit down and chit chat a little bit about you know them some of our our local play and adepticon actually that's coming up in at this time of recording in about a week will be on the opening day so I am here today with Chris and Sean. Like I said, they're local. Uh, we get together at Grognards, just just south of me, but uh, west of you, Sean, and <laughs> east yeah. of Chris. So we kind of yeah. all meet in the middle. But yeah, so Chris, Sean, say hello. What's going on, guys? Chris here. <laughs> hey, I'm Sean. Good to see y'all. Thanks, you guys, for coming on into the saloon and just... No, 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 no Eric. Thank you for having us to well, the saloon. it's yeah. one of the things of the, the Black Coast Saloon is, you know, we, we all three of us, me, Tom, and Brian, kind of want to use the show as a way to get community members, you know, together and more involved in this game that we love. I met you guys both through the game, you know, down at Grognards, and uh, we started playing... And, like, Chris, you've been in the game since, uh, what, first edition with the Kickstarter, right? Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah, just after first Kickstarter. And then, Sean, you got into it, was it with the new stuff, second edition then? It was definitely, yeah, it was second edition. I might be coming on around a year. Okay. um, Because it was, um, Willie McClelland got kind of, well, my friend, Shay, uh, got me into it. And then your friend and my friend, Willie, that I met, through a Kickstarter for another game about a year and a half ago was the one who <laughs> requested me all of the toys to really get me settled into the game. See, and that's that's the beauty of our community is that you get to meet other players, you know, through different channels. And it's like, oh, hey, you know him? Yeah, I know him. And then next thing you know, you're hooking up and playing games and stuff. So, um, so let's go a little bit of background real quick. Chris, you've been in gaming for a long time, and I know you have another main one. What is... Tell us a little bit about Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, I've been into tabletop wargaming for the better part of 20 years. So, I've played a gambit of games across. The, I mean, obviously, I dipped my toes in the water when I was very young with Warhammer and Warhammer 40,000. And then, I just as I got older... I started wanting to dial it back. I got more into skirmish games. That's where Guild Ball and Wild West Exodus and a little stint of War Machine Hordes. But those have been kind of the games I've been gravitating towards. Thus, why I've kind of just like delved all back in with Exodus. Because when the first edition dropped, I loved the game. I thought it was a lot of fun. But it, it was just a system that needed work. 
And uh, it it was very hard to maintain any kind of competitive nature with that game, which, you know, we're war gamers. Even if you don't think you're competitive, you're competitive a little bit. So, <laughs> except for me, I laugh when I get my ass handed to me it by is you. It's true. You you are you are uh, one of the best sports I've ever played, Eric. So I didn't hey, that's a great that. quality to have. That's been one of my goals with gaming is to try and get to that quality. Well, exactly. For me, it's about the stories. What kind of stories can you tell? And I think Wild West Exodus is mm-hmm. an excellent game for that. Oh yeah, sure. totally. But yeah, and that and that's been and Exodus has been and ever since War Cradle picked up the IP about. A year it was about a year and a half, almost two years ago, yeah. ish. Yeah, ever since they picked it back up, I've delved all the way back in. And I'm loving every minute of it. Okay, question, Chris. What Go is your it. favorite faction? Favorite faction in I, Wild yeah, West. I West. know this, but listeners want to know. <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, it's an outlier. My favorite faction is the Watchers. Okay. Because um, for some reason. I don't. I, I I know why, but I'm just. I'm just gonna toss this out there. One of my favorite movies that has come out in the last ten years has been Cowboys versus Aliens. <laughs> I freaking love that movie. It's so much fun. I can't explain it because, by all rights and reserves, it's a terrible movie. Yeah, but it's but a fun I am movie. So enthralled by it. Some about Daniel Craig and in friggin' Harrison Ford. You know, fighting aliens in the Wild West. I'm all about it. I love. Every, <laughs> I love every minute of it. So. Therefore, naturally, when the Watchers dropped back in old edition Wild West Exodus, I saw that Kickstarter. I was like, I'm in. I'm in. I'm sold. <laughs> it's me because I started off playing Union, but just because of you know Abraham Lincoln and General Grant. But mm-hmm. I kind of moved away from them since uh, they did not survive the great hobby purge of 2017. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at now. And, and of course, everyone's got an outlaw for us. I'm also a really big fan of Firefly. So I had to pick the Wayward Eight up. Oh yeah, especially with the new sculpts that they put out. Oof, that's a fantastic yeah, posse. Eventually, yeah, top, top, yeah. Top. I, I predict Sean that you're gonna walk home with that posse. Hey, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, there's also there's um, uh, shoot, shoot, uh, wolf. Wolf oh, boy posse yeah, there too. Oh yeah. the uh, what, what the hell? What the hell is that posse called? Come Hour on, Eric, you're wolf. supposed to know this. Hour of the wolf, I think, is the name. Yeah, with all the wolves. It, and... But now I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> See, it's oh, funny. Man. I just uh, talked about this earlier for this episode. We were talking about it, and it's already. already That's because I had too much going on for Adepticon. So it's all that <laughs> fire water, boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Sean. Tell us a little bit about you, gaming-wise, and I, I mean, I know what your current game is, and you're actually going to be running demos of the game at Adepticon, but give us a little bit into Sean. Who is Sean? Oh, uh, I'm still a relative noob in the wargaming sector. I, I got back into board games about 12 years, 10 years ago, uh, with a whole group of friends, and then when I moved back out to Chicago... In 2012, my my roommate and close friend, he um, was a War Machine player, and he wanted people to play with. So I got in. That kind of got the toe into it, and I've shifted from War Machine into kind of like Chris, more on the skirmish level games. Lots of different skirmish games that I don't have to have large amounts of money or model counts into, yeah. so I can spread it out into various games. Um, but I will say, um, Conquest, which is coming out, is uh, it's so beautiful, just the artwork and the models and the story. So that's going to be my mass battle game. It's calling to me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so just still fairly fresh, still getting into how to 
how to play them and how to manipulate them and into the community. That's uh, the, so that's been fun. The ongoing battle. So, like we said, you just got into Wild West Exodus uh, with Second Edition through I friends did. of friends and yeah, Willie, um, a, a friend showed me the game and it was super fun. And then um, Warrior Nation because I loved growing up. I've always loved the um, Native American culture and the look and a lot of that stuff. And this uh, Wild West Exodus really did them very lovingly. I think they're beautiful models and very taken care of for the story and the thematic elements. So, so when Willie offered me pretty much almost the entire line on a cut rate deal, it was like, all right, I'm in. I got it all. <laughs> I got almost of it all. This works out great. That's now sometimes the my language cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's the easiest way to get into. Yeah, any game is somebody's, uh, you know, they're done with it and they're having, you know, the garage sale. Oh yeah, I just had a buddy that came out to one of our, one of our days that got a free Union big lot. So and he's been coming out and enjoying the game. So it's a yeah. good way to get people in there. So yeah. any players that don't want to play anymore, just give your stuff away to those who are interested. <laughs> <laughs> or just yeah. give it to me or Eric. <laughs> I don't know. I think I I'm starting to get to the point where I don't need any more starters. I think I'm up to four now. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a question of need, Eric. It's a question of want. <laughs> True. True. You have to know the difference, okay? I don't know Give how... Give right there. Even though I don't know how many uh, more Jesse James I need, but then again, it's Jesse James, so... You did just give me one <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Be so, like, here, just take a... So, Sean, I mentioned that you're into another game, so you're doing a Drowned Earth a lot lately, too. Yeah, I have got into that two years ago in the Kickstarter, and I've just gotten more involved with it since. I've made friends with James, the creator, and some of the guys over in London um, helped with writing the writing the rulebook since the Kickstarter, demoing. So you're really diving um, into that one. Uh, the the Wayfarers is the equivalent of the... Um, the volunteer coordinator, coordinating group. What's it called again? For like the well, war, war, our war host war program host. that we have yeah. for. Okay. So really, kind of a little bit more involved in organizing and getting that pumped out too. So okay. But yeah, at a at Adepticon on Saturday, I'll be um, up with a demo table I've been creating, um, running demos, and then on Friday there's a an organized tournament event that I'll be running. Um, Friday. I've got a couple of guys for that. Um, also, fingers crossed, I've been told that Ash is interested in coming to play on that Friday. Oh, that's cool. So we'll, we'll hopefully, um, hopefully Ash, Ash Barker from Gorilla Miniatures will come hang out and play the play the event with us. So that'll be cool. Well, hopefully, yeah, some people hear this and I actually get it out in time <laughs> uh, <laughs> for Adepticon, and they'll come come check you out in the open play area and and. Maybe jump in and uh, get a demo, and maybe uh, they'll be hooked. So yeah, come see the game. We'd love to build a community over here so we can get um, easier distribution of the game. All right. So what we are here for today is I got these two guys in here to talk to me about Adepticon. Adepticon is in a week, and we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the the whole weekend. Um, we actually, how did we? How did we decide that we were going to run an event? So we're going to, in the open play area, there's going to be a ton of open play. Uh, a lot of people that are going to Adepticon have expressed interest in open play games, you know, just pick up games. And somehow the three of us, I think you two started this, of doing some kind of organized 
thematic event in the open play area. Well, yeah, what was it? Uh, like a month or so ago, Chris, you and I were just we were just brainstorming, brainstorming yeah. about fun scenarios since people wanted to get together and remembering the um uh the the the, the fun social drinking format that Guild Ball uses over at Captain mm-hmm. Con and. I mean, I think the big thing was what got me and Sean talking about this was <clears throat> the fact that there was a lot of people posting on the Dark Council Facebook group and, and the different different uh, social mediums for Exodus saying that they wished that there was more scheduled events oh, yeah. at Adepticon for, the, for, for Wild West Exodus. Because, I mean, since the game has since relaunched, they got one. They they only got slotted for one day of event, and that was Saturday for the Gunslinger, which, which is cool. Yeah, which yeah. is awesome. That's on a Saturday. It's in the middle of the day, prime time. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great time. There's actually but spots they, open still too. Exactly. So, <laughs> the, but right away when the tickets went on sale, they only had twelve spots for the table, and I bought the last one when I registered for Adepticon two hours after the card opened. Yeah. So. Great. Yeah. And then and then the War Cradle folks were able to be like, hey, listen, we got a lot of interest for this event. It sold out rather quick. So they're like, okay, they gave us four more seats. I, I got <laughs> so, one of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because right, we'll just stag one of those. Because I was messaging him that day saying, hey, dude, did you get your ticket to the Gunslinger? He's like, no way. They're gone. <laughs> and Eric was sad. I was but, a sad panda. <laughs> exactly. But but then I still, I'm still like delving around on Facebook on the Dark Council page and like, majority uh saw a lot of people that were like oh i'm bummed i couldn't get into the gunslinger is p are there going to be people that are looking for games at adepticon and i saw a lot of these posts yeah there's a couple people who be like you'll be there i'll be there so me and sean were just at one of our meetup days we were just you know shooting the shit brainstorming about why don't we just set something up for like friday or saturday night and make it like you know, make it like a drinking game or make it just like a big social event where we can come up with a, a cool little scenario that's different. It's outside the box. It's not something that these guys have seen before, but it's still easy enough and flows nicely and it's social that everyone can come and wind down on it after whichever day. Because I think we settled on Saturday night, correct? Yeah, yeah. Saturday night, yeah. yeah, so Saturday night we're going to run this thing and. Or it's just going to be where people can come by, have some drinks, chill, meet some other people from around the world, essentially, that are in the community. I mean, even like the War Cradle guys were interested in coming out. Some of them I know, well, I think Chris Pond said he was interested in coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. out in public, Chris. You must come. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and, and that's just kind of got us talking and actually talking more serious about it as the weeks kind of went on. And here we are. We've played. We, we've brainstormed a scenario we've play tested it a few times i know eric and eric and sean have play tested and me and eric play tested this past weekend and we had a lot of fun i mean they were they were two very different games because i got to spectate their game and mm. me and eric's game went a little bit differently than yeah. sean's game so it, was it a little more it was a little more bloody <laughs> it was a little bit more bloody yes i brought i brought my aliens out to play i didn't bring my nasty aliens out to play granted but they were nasty enough <laughs> But I've had a yeah, I had a blast with the scenario. I'm looking forward to sharing it with other people to see what they think. I because think it was. I think people are going to have a blast. One of the more fun experiences I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a lot of fun. Very unique. We don't want to express too much about it right off the bat because no, we, we do want to surprise. surprise. Yeah. Well, we but. we can tell them ba- the basics. So the basics is it's Saturday night. We're gonna start to get together at 7 p.m. in the probably in the open play area. And we are calling this Wild West Drinkitus Moonshiners Meetup. 
So uh, I know some people were interested in it, but they were like, oh, do we have to drink? No, of course. I, I've um, been telling people already, just show up, bring a Coca-Cola. We don't care, you know, and just meet people, get a pickup game, and have some fun. I mean, we, the three of us kind of came up with this scenario that's it, it's just a fun scenario, Some you know, very thematic, especially with, as of late, there's been a lot of talk of, like, homebrew scenarios and custom scenarios on, on the Facebook group. And, you know, this is perfect for that because people are all kind of interested in it right now. So I thought, you know, that this is going to be great for people. Well, that'd be cool, yeah, maybe to help um, give some inspiration to others to create something and share it out there with other people. Yeah. It's a what? A, we're, we're saying everyone bring like a thousand point list for this. Yes. Thing, right? So the rules is thousand point list, just a standard posse list. And then what else are we saying here? I got notes. Let me look at look at the notes <laughs> that you so nicely typed up today. I got notes too, Eric. They're the same notes that you got. <laughs> <laughs> well, these ones I can at least read, not my chicken scratch notes. <laughs> Sure you're, you're sure, you're sure you're one a doctor in a past life there, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're we're doing 1,000 points, special needs, and I have a bunch of these models, so we'll, we'll have some uh, old man models. And then we're going to have all the tables set up for you. So the only other thing that you guys need to bring is, like, if you do want to participate in the, the thematic version of the game is, you know, bring something that you like to drink. Uh, whether it's beer or a soda, that's fine. Bring something from your area to share with others. I yeah. know for the uh, the mystery drinks, we will be providing something um, unique for that. Sean could almost be <laughs> twisting a little mustache right now. Um, you can see his face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the rest of the game is it's going to be your like basic scenario. We're going to do it on a three by three, and you know your standard scenarios five turns and then yeah also just bring the willingness to have fun Mm -hmm. because it's gonna be a lot of fun yes yeah at adepticon what else are you guys looking forward to that's in the world wild west exodus i know stewart's kind of hinted at some teases uh you guys got any speculation I want to know what that new con exclusive model going to be, <laughs> and I also want to get myself an Nakano. Oh yeah, we've been we've been talking about Nakano a lot uh, in the last few episodes. So yeah, you've been using her quite a bit, so that doesn't surprise me. Oh, yeah. She's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you two are both doing the um, the tournament event. Yes. So how is your guys' preps and excitement for yeah, that? We, you... we play tested quite a bit. Uh, you know, Chris, I think you were a little more, you had a decision of what you were pretty much going to run. Uh, you just did a couple play tests and tweaks, whereas me, I had no clue. So you really helped me figure out what yeah, I was yeah. going to run. Yeah, there, there were several of those uh, high noon meetups that we did at Grognard that, or like Eric, okay, I know you love your enlightened. I know you love them, but let's let's face it, we got to get you some more versatility out there. So yeah. I convinced him to I convinced him to go the way he's going for the for the for his list at Adepticon, and yeah, we and we just hammered it out. And I think 
Eric, you got a pretty nasty list. Well, we'll I mean, see if that... I can remember all that it does. That's the exactly. that's the question. That's the exactly. But yeah, but like Eric said, I've ha- I've had my list dialed in for a few months because I figured out I, I, I figured out some some watcher nastiness, and I've just kind of had that in my back pocket for a while. And yeah, it's ready to spring on people. It is. It's ready to spring on people. It's very very high risk, high reward. I'm what? just gonna I'm just gonna call it that. But never fear, I will have my enlightened with me, and I am available for a, an ass whooping by anybody <laughs> next weekend. He's willing. He's willing and ready yes. for, for for that ass stomping that you will bring upon him. So yeah, because if, he's because he's just that nice of a guy. Hell yeah, <laughs> I'll take one on the chin. But yeah, um, after like just getting downstairs and looking at the booth and talking to people and. I'm hoping to get in some open play games with uh, a lot of the people in the community that I've talked to on the Facebook or uh, there's, I know a lot of listeners of the Blackcliff Saloon that are going to be there. Like there's um, Dingo from Seattle is going to be there and uh, Benji from, he's way north of me, but so some of these guys are coming, like you said, Sean, from all over the world, the country, and they're going to be at Adepticon. And they've, you know, they're listeners of the show, and they've, you know, I've talked to them online that I'm really looking forward to meeting other players and, you know, kind of putting those seeds in the community to help grow those relationships that this this is one of those games that I think that can create those, those friendships that go past the game, you know, where yeah, you totally. talk to these people online and... You know, I haven't seen, like, Sean, our mutual friend, Mac, in two years, I think it is now, since the last time he was up here for, uh, like, when War Cradle first got a hold of Wild West Exodus. But I talk to him all the time because of that one weekend where we first met in person and developed that relationship. I talk Mm -hmm. to him online all the time, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward. One of the things I'm looking forward to this year, I found um, these guys, uh, anonymous anonymous tabletop podcast last year, just randomly. They run a um, a little pop up open event called Meat Grinder. Um, if anybody sees them during oh, an oh, you did that last year. I remember. Some, bring some plastic models that you don't mind getting rid of. It's a arena last man standing gladiatorial combat game based off of 40k rules. Really simple. But when your guy dies, it's beheaded and thrown into a hand crank meat grinder. <laughs> and it's some of the most hysterical fun I've had in a game in a while. So I hope I can meet up with him again this year. Yeah, same thing. Well, all right. I think that kind of covers Adepticon. We gave a little bit of hint of the event. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I don't, we don't, none of us want to give too many hints to what it's about because we want you guys to be surprised about what we do. Like I said, just show up, be ready to have fun. I think we have a uh, enough space for five tables. If we end up having more people, we'll have to figure something out. I'm sure we will. <laughs> right. I'll have crates of terrain. Yeah, with there me. wouldn't <laughs> probably be a bad problem if we got more the people than what we had space for. So exactly, and and don't for and for your listeners too. Uh, we do have a Facebook event set up for our our social event. It's the first Saturday night. Uh, search just Wild West Drinks at us. Adepticon yep. 2019. You'll be able to find that. I believe it's just an open event currently at this point in time. So if you want to join in, just click going, and you'll be and you get all the de- all the details that we're willing to share that are there. But I mean, really, uh, I think we're going to be using the 
war cradle tables that they have for for the uh, gunslinger tournament. Hopefully, we're gonna try to. Yeah, we're gonna, we're try, gonna try to. to. We, haven't, we haven't figured that out quite yet, oh, but I don't I don't see why they wouldn't let us bogart their tables to play their game on. At seven o'clock know, we'll at see. night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly at seven o'clock at night. Yeah, and that's when we're meeting up is around seven seven thirty ish. But yeah, I mean another another place close. you guys uh, can hit if you're going to be at Adepticon can hit any of us up is yeah the Dark Council. You know, all three of us are on there uh, mm-hmm. at any given point. Um, like Chris said, do a search for the event. Or we did start up um, a Wild West Exodus open play adepticon group that's in facebook that you can search and you just send in a request uh i'll get it and i can just add you to the group and it's uh, we created the group because if you're going to be at adepticon it's a little bit easier to post in there that hey anybody available for a pickup game then hey anybody available for a pickup game in the the main facebook page because it can easily get buried by a the amount of posts that get on there. So another place you can find anybody to play a a pickup game. So with that, whenever we have guests, it's been a little while since we've had guests in the saloon, but I, I I run them through the hot seat. So I got hot hot seat questions for you guys. I don't know. Last time I had a hot seat, it was a very embarrassing situation. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Well, this probably won't be so painful, but so we kind of went over what your guys' favorite factions are, but I have some general questions for you. So if let's, let's do with this. So if you were a character in Exodus, who would you be? What would, what would be a character that you guys would be in the game? Mm, Interesting. I think I think this kind of for me it's a tie between mm, no ties between the, there's no ties there's okay no tie. I have to pick one I want to hear them both though <laughs> you want to hear them both okay, yeah okay if I have if I have to pick one Marcus Wayward because he's a badass okay <laughs> and I feel like that was going to be a pretty obvious but 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 the tie is the wraith because he's kind of dark and based off of Frank Castle and the Punisher and I love that yeah. <laughs> That's that's a good uh, pick. So, Sean, you look like you're struggling. Yeah, I'm trying to go through, trying to remember all the various <laughs> characters and bits and bobs and see who it would be. I'm trying not to just think in Warrior Nation, too. Yeah, there's so many models in the game that uh, there's there's a lot. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd, may, I'd go with maybe Edison. Okay. All right. Yeah, Edison. just the the thoughtful, the inventive, and the willing to like to shift over to what needs to be done. Well, his new posse that's coming out, he's going to be nasty. His new version. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's on the list. <laughs> the list that gets bigger and bigger. Right. <laughs> All right. Better and con, so I could have wings. <laughs> it's always yeah. Let's see. So if you. So basic Wild West question here. If you were a Wild West character, someone someone you would find in the frontier, who would you be? Hmm. So a general Wild West trope character? Interesting. Or historical uh, character, maybe? Probably just like the barkeep, bartender, proprietor, own the bar, run the place. I could see that. Host, host, host the community. And it's kind of you at this event that we're of. doing on Saturday, too. <laughs> <laughs> kind of where I fall into for all sorts of things. I don't mind being that. It's kind of fun. That's fair. I, I, for me, I would have to say, hmm, 
I don't. I, I honestly don't know. Maybe like a like a prospector, or or maybe even like a or maybe even like a, a circuit clerk bounty hunter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Almost kind of out there doing his thing out in the fringe. Shows up. To, that kind of goes along with your choices of your character. That is fair. That is fair. All right. So, next question. Now, if you rode into town, what would you be riding on in the world of Wild West Exodus? Or in, I should say. Would you come on your basic low-tech horse? Or would you come screaming in on a uh, Interceptor or an Iron Horse? Oh, hmm. I'd still say a Mustang. I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the Iron Eagle Iron for 400 Eagle. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> just just one of those, right Chris? I don't want to see more than one of those things on the table. <laughs> um, <laughs> there might be there might be two more with me. I might have Oh man. <laughs> All right, so you went kind of union and Sean went classic. Kind of if, 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 if I'm given the choice between horse that I have to feed or Iron Eagle with all the guns and armor, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to choose the guns and armor. Just saying. All right, so this is a couple part question. So you guys would ride into on your Iron Eagle and on your on your horse, and you moseyed into the saloon for a game of poker. Okay, and you sat down at the table. Who would be sitting there with you at that table? So. Anybody in the world of Wild West Exodus, who are you gonna who are you sitting down to play poker with in the saloon? Poker against? Yes. I hope Faraday, because I'm a fan of the Magnificent Seven and I think playing poker against robot Faraday would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that just brings me back to that classic scene where Faraday is introduced in the Magnificent Seven when he's playing poker. It's one oh, of my favorite I scenes of the movie. Catch that part. Nice. How did you not even catch that part? It's kind of a big deal. I haven't really watched Magnificent Seven, so I didn't catch that that was who they were. I'm just saying. Oh. It, it, come, come on, guy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Warrior Nation player. Leave him alone. So, no, but he's, but he's smart. He's supposed to be the, the smart one, you know, the thematic thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean. I, oh, God. I sh- it would be fun, like maybe to sit down with Lincoln and a couple of other the Secret Service and not realize who they were until about four hands in. You get black-bagged and buried out in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> After they emptied his pockets. Exactly. <laughs> no, first they'd beat you in poker, and then they would bury you in the desert. <laughs> uh, now that we're saying it, I'd love to see, like, a Brett and Bart Maverick character get hmm. the game. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't tapped into that yet, but then again, who knows? They're they're a little yeah, list. They, they love doing that, yeah. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's maybe, probably maybe, pretty maybe long. One day. Maybe one day. <laughs> All right, easy question for you guys now. Stetson or 10-gallon? Stetson. Stetson. All right. Man, nobody wants a 10-gallon to store their sandwich up in there no, but me. No, man. But me. Dude, I... It's I need like aerodynamic. a one gallon hat. Ten gallon will just fall down over my entire head. <laughs> That's true. I feel like it's more of a hindrance than than a, than a um, uh, assistive article of clothing. So <laughs> they're all cut eye holes out like um, dark helmet. <laughs> I love it. All right. So favorite western movie slash actor. You guys got a favorite actor in a movie western? Favorite. I mean, you can't you you, you can't mess with the Duke. So, I mean, I'm I'm going to go John Wayne. 
obviously, for favorite actor for right. Western movies. You, you, you can't mess with the classics, my friend. Eastwood's <laughs> jumping out at me, too, man. Man, two, yeah. the two man, sides of the coin no right game. here. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got a movie then, too? Favorite uh, Western movie? We kind of heard a little bit from you, Chris. We we know where your tastes are a little bit. I'm a huge I'm a huge movie nerd. I mean, most of the most of the time, I get a chance to thematically base my tabletop miniatures, armies, and posse's and groups off of. I will take that stuff because my last big competitive game was bolt action, World War II, 28 mil, like squad base. It's like 40k scale ish. But all of my armies were based off of movies. I had an American army that was based off of you know. Saving Private Ryan, and another one that was based off of uh, the Band of Brothers, and that just goes on, so on and so forth. So, of course, I'm a huge movie nerd. So, that being said, I really, I really love Magnificent Seven. So, I'm going to say that is my favorite Western movie currently. Okay, Sean, do you got any favorite westerns? I'm thinking I can hear you. Can you hear us, Sean? Dee 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 dee. Maybe play some waiting music in the background. Not here in the time of my life. <laughs> Nope, don't hear you. Back? There you oh, go. Wait. Hey, here we go. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep. My my Bluetooth just died. I figured that's what it was, so. That was weird. <laughs> so, Sean, do you got a favorite Western movie? Ah, I need to watch more. I was remembering The Searchers. Oh, wow, he's going way that back. That was gorgeous, way back, <laughs> yeah. Damn. Little bits and pieces here and there. Quick and the Dead was just stupid fun. I remember watching that, but that's not... <laughs> my man. <laughs> oh, that true Western. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, those. I, I need to watch the... Um, I really should watch because they're the bits and pieces I've seen are cool. And Unforgiven, of course. Yeah. Well, all right, you guys survived the hot seat questions. Um, it wasn't that hot. I don't know. It wasn't that hot. <laughs> Call it the warm seat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay but uh i want to thank you guys for coming on uh and just Thanks for having us eric chit-chatting a little bit and <laughs> shooting the breeze and kind of getting getting everybody ready for adepticon that's going and uh hopefully we'll see a lot of the community members if you guys are going to be at adepticon look for you know some of us from the chicago crew uh look for sean doing his drowned earth stuff and uh hit Hit people up on Facebook and do some open play. I know Chris is looking for open play. I'll be there most majorly the whole weekend. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it out Thursday now because of work things, but yes. I'm going to try to. But bare minimum, I'll be out there Friday morning. So starting then all weekend, if you want a game, hit me up. I'll have I have multiple different posses. I'm not all painted, so forewarning. <laughs> but I don't have to lay the beat down with my, with my watchers. I can bring out my holy order or my wayward aid or my outlaws or something. We'll just we'll just have some fun, throw some yeah. dice. Good. I want to meet want to meet some people. Yeah. And stuff. And and yeah. Yeah. And just look for this this crazy guy in a cowboy hat and a brown shirt, and uh, I can point you guys in the right direction. And I look forward to meeting everybody. So, but. Like I said, thanks, guys, and uh, look forward to seeing everybody at Adepticon, and uh, we'll go ahead and get out of here. All right, we'll see you. Thanks for everything, Eric. Well, guys, that does it for another episode of the Black Hoof Saloon. 
we can close this one out and put this one on the old photograph cylinder. So I'm solo today, mainly because I just wanted to keep the episode short so I could get it out before Adepticon for all those people traveling to Adepticon. They can listen to it while they drive there or fly there. A lot I know a lot of people are going to Adepticon this coming weekend uh, by plane. So, And speaking of Adepticon, I want to give some people a little bit of a reminder that uh, if you haven't sent in your tournament list and you're going to be in the Gunslinger tournament on Saturday to make sure you guys send in your 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 posse list to War Cradle. Uh, they wanted to kind of just give it a once over and make sure everything was kosher and uh, legal. And you can go ahead and send in your posse list to events at warcradle.com. Or if you guys don't have time to do that, or you know, maybe you you miss the little window and you don't hear anything from them. Uh, which usually means that if you don't hear anything, that the lists are okay. Uh, you can talk to one of the War Cradle staff members on the Adepticon weekend. Uh, probably the person you want to talk to is going to be Chris Pond. Uh, I believe he's going to be the TO for the event. In other little news for Adepticon and War Cradle, uh, I believe that they're going to have some of the new pre-order posses there so if you guys are at the convention in schaumburg uh make sure you check it out see if they have any of the new stuff uh you know you can pick it up not have to worry about ordering it and you know you can you can skip the shipping cost and also uh they are supposed to be releasing news of what the new configure is so make sure you Check that out. Uh, there's some some speculation of what the model's going to be, like what faction and stuff like that. And I know some people were hoping for a a good guy. Granted, there really is no good guys in the world of Wild West Exodus, um, except for maybe in their own eyes they're good guys. But I think, I'd like to think, that Warrior Nation is really the only good guy in the game. So check that out. See where I know a lot of people are excited to see what the new uh, exclusive figure will be or model will be. Also, War Cradle is toting to have some big news announcement. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that on all the social media. Uh, I will be there kind of covering the con. So watch for pictures on our Facebook page, the War, War Cradle's Facebook pages. Um, I believe they teased earlier this week that they were going to have some kind of video presentation that they may put up on YouTube. We don't know what it's going to be. It could be a number of things, so we'll just have to wait and see uh, in a couple more days what that possibly could be. And I'd like to say that, uh, sorry that my co-host won't be at Adepticon, but uh, I personally... Look forward to seeing all the people from the community and uh, actually getting a chance to meet new ones, whether that's, you know, just mingling around the booth or in the open play area. So uh, to go along with open play, keep a 
keep an eye open on some of the social medias and the two different Facebook groups, uh, the the Adepticon Open Play group, and then there's the you know the Dark Council group. If you guys were looking for an, a, a game, just you know put a post up on there. Hopefully somebody will see it and answer it, and you guys can get some some games in during the weekend. There's a little bit of news for uh, card updates for 1.09. Uh, they they said it'll probably be it'll be after Adepticon in the next few months or so. Uh, hopefully it's not right after Adepticon. Um, I think it wasn't going to be anything major. Maybe just a, a you know some stats here and there changing a little bit uh, for balance purposes. And I don't think it's going to be over all the different factions and characters. So it's just going to be a couple little updates, uh, probably like cost of them also, it could be. So that's something to keep an eye open for. So when you, you know, you may not want to do like a real nice printing just yet, but kind of hold off uh, for, you know, the update and then go ahead and get some new cards made. Uh, Just, I, I would say just, print out what you need for different tournaments or league play or anything like that until that uh, that new update comes along. And then finally, I just want to give you guys, all our listeners, uh, one last reminder about our story contest. Uh, I know I said in the beginning of the intro, this would be the last time. Well, last time meaning this episode because by April 10th, uh, if you guys were going to write a story, it could be a long story, it could be a short story, it could be anything you guys want in the world of Wild West Exodus. Get it into us by April 10th for our 12th one-year anniversary episode, and we're actually giving a prize away of a Wild West Exodus War Cradle Saloon, and we were basically going to pick the the one that was our favorite entry, and that person will get the saloon. So make sure you guys get that in to us. Uh, you can send it in to our email. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you guys come up with. Like I said, I wanted to kind of keep this short since I wanted to get this out before Adepticon. One, I wanted to thank Chris and Sean, two of my local players from the Chicago area, coming on and us just kind of chit-chatting about Adepticon all things Wild West Exodus, and hopefully I'll see a lot of you guys at Adepticon, either around the booth, in the tournament, or on the event that we're going to be running on Saturday night. And uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and get out of here so you guys can, I can get this finished up and you guys can listen to it on your way to Adepticon, or if you're not, well, we're sorry that we're going to miss you, not see you out there, but hopefully we'll see you at another con. And if you guys want to get a hold of us, remember you can get a hold of us on our Facebook page at Black Hoof WWX Podcast. Place to send those entries into, and our general email is blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com. And a fairly recent addition, we are also now on Twitter at Black Hoof Saloon. And you can find us on Instagram at Black Hoof Saloon Podcast. And with that, remember guys, when you're out there posse building and trying to squeeze all those different abilities into your posse to grab those objectives, or if you're
playing a custom scenario and you're trying to avoid getting a smack in the back of the head by some crazy old coot moonshiner while you're trying to steal his moonshine to ride with the sun at your back and always roll those big crits. For both Brian and Tom, this is Eric saying, take it easy. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for stopping by the Black Hoof Saloon, y'all. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interweb and shoot us a telegraph at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com or find us on the Facebook at Black Hoof WWX Podcast. Music provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross bugged in composer until your next visit ride with the sun at your back and always roll those crits I was thinking you guys can introduce yourselves too after I say this is Eric here. Wait, you're not going to introduce us for us? You you want me to introduce you or you want to introduce yourselves? Do something different? I don't know. I'll, I'll do whatever I'm told. <laughs> That's my job. My job is to do what I'm told. <laughs> da, 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 da. Play some music. Let's say music, I think you should just have Bullwinkle be like, Hey, Rocky, you want to see me pull a rabbit, rabbit out of my hat? <laughs> Boy, that's a reference that I think some people want to get, Tom, except for us oldies. Uh, you know what? That's fine. We can have things for old folks. <laughs> I found it. Man, that's some that's some old school stuff. Uh, well, Mr. Rocky Bullwinkle, I've got it on DVD. <laughs> I've got seasons of it on DVD. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. <clears throat> so people are going to be scrambling uh, right before the Defcon tournament to make sure they get Gozen in, since you can play for like no, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to release it on Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not friends with him. I'm gonna add him. He's like, who the hell is this adding me? <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, that's Tom. He's the guy who's on a podcast but never actually plays the game. <laughs> hey, we can just say that, oh, Tom, he sets up games and plays both sides. <laughs> yeah. I don't even do that. I'm going to beat you yet.
Oh, but I have so much terrain now. Maybe I can set up a table. I've got two towns worth of, of buildings now. Yeah. <laughs> you have no excuse. You you should be you should be kicking your own ass. <laughs> I do that every day at work. Why am I gonna come home and do that? <laughs> <laughs>